Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for listening today to What the Fuck's Up podcast. So today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with the multi-talented Lucas Thim. Lucas grew up in Washington, D.C. with his family, who work in the restaurant and entertainment fields, which obviously explains his love for all things food, entertainment, and politics. He went on to study media and communications at NYU and eventually starred as the only male host for the Build Brunch series, which streamed across Verizon Media's various platforms, including HuffPost, AOL, Yahoo, and the Build series weekly at noon until the August of 2019. He also recently completed a very fun and beautifully shot web series called Best Friends Give the Worst Advice, which he did with one of his best friends, Al Vertz. Is that how you say it? Verdes. <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> with one of his best friends, El Verdes, with whom he co-wrote and starred in the series. He is currently working on writing, filming hilarious content for his Instagram, his newsletter, The Lucist, and is trying to stay sane while quarantining with his family, which aren't we all. So welcome, Lucas. Thank you so much for coming to the Zoom studio today. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I can't wait. Hearing my bio read out is so weird. (laughs) It's like, I have a bio? What? You're like, am I famous? (laughs) Definitely not, but it feels that way. It's like, oh, yes, yes, that's my bio. You're like, I am, in fact, multi-talented. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God, it's such a pleasure. It's always so funny doing the bios because I always say this, like, as someone who acts and, like, knows how to read, it's literally, like, ABCs. It's the easiest shit. The bio always trips me up the most. It always trips the person who comes on up the most because they're like, yes. this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, you tell me when I'm going to die next? Like, this is yeah, weird. You're like, what's my next career move, Caitlin? Um, <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. But after doing your bio, I like asking you to just kind of give the listeners an idea of you, what you're up to, just kind of your bio in your own words. So as I've been going through my 20s, figuring out who exactly I am, what I exactly want to do, I do consider myself now more to be a writer. And I, that's something I've been really working on in quarantine, trying to write a new script and writing my newsletter. I'm just generally a really passionate, interested guy who loves entertainment and politics and using my Instagram as a way to vent about everything that's going on. I've always loved, since I was little, telling people what I'm interested in and sharing information. I'm not someone that hogs info. I've always loved sharing info. Like when I was seven, it was all about like Lord of the Rings. Like people would not like, shut the fuck up. You are you're this nerdy kid. We don't need to hear about Gandalf again. But now it's like, I, so when I was on Bill Brunch, which I loved yeah. about it, no matter if we were talking about the Kardashians or Elizabeth Warren's college plan, it was like, I am committing to telling you everything I know about this story because I want everyone to know. Yeah, which, sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to say is something that's like endlessly impressive to me. I have a lot of friends like this, which honestly is an honor, but you're one of those people where it's like you can just consume so much information and be such an expert on such a like funny array of things that don't exactly add up. Like I love how you're like a housewives expert, but you're yep. also a left-wing politics expert. Let me it's tell you, like- I, I last <laughs> night I went from watching 
MSNBC straight up to watching New York Housewives. Like, it's no joke. Not even input. Like, talk about Trump. Yes, Trump d- exactly. did his executive order on TikTok. Switch. Okay. And Dorinda's <laughs> drunk in Mexico. Like, I, it's the oh same intensity. God. I don't know. I've always been yeah. that way. I love so much just different things from, like, Lord of the Rings to Madonna, the politics, drill housewives. Like, nothing makes sense, but it's yeah. just who I am. So that's just kind of some of, like, you won't get from my bio. It's like, I'm all these different yes. things that just don't make sense put together. Well, I think that's so great, and that's so, like, authentically you and unique. I was mm-hmm. researching you before and looking at some of your past interviews, and you do talk about that, how, like, you don't want to be put into a box or a certain category, how you just kind of want to do what you want. And honestly, call Call it, you know, being an only child, call it entitlement. But I've always been the same way. Like, I remember growing up, people would be like, pick a lane. And it's like, you know what? I'm actually just going to go with the flow. If something feels right, Mm -hmm. do it. You know, even with this podcast, like I've been acting my whole life that's always been kind of my thing but it felt right and so far so good and that doesn't mean I'm not an actor anymore right people are very inclined to try to categorize people or put them in a box but it's like you know you are who you are like you can refine it to an extent obviously don't be trying to be an expert of everything all over the board but if you have different interests and you're good at them fucking go for it I mean yeah you hit the nail on the head I mean so I'm a middle child so I think it's like similar (laughs) in the sense like I had no attention so what how did I get attention you literally hit at so many points that we can talk about like on one hand growing up I hated being boxed in and mostly it was like yeah. you know I was just didn't know it this queer kid and I was kind of feminine and I but I did sports I did everything and I hated when people tried to box me in so that's when I resisted the label being gay so much and then growing up though it's somewhat stressful sometimes and sometimes I wish Lucas you would just uh, how do I say it's interested in one thing like you just wanted yeah. to be a comedy writer you just want like the politics stuff was that interesting you didn't care about being on camera like all mm-hmm. because sometimes I'm overwhelmed at like, the beginning totally. of quarantine I literally was like, I have no idea what I need to do I have no idea what I want to do I have all these different avenues and even now I've, I've come to terms with like whatever happens next whatever the opportunity is whether it is I go work for a candidate and I give up the entertainment stuff for a little bit and I go work in politics or whether the next thing is I get a, another hosting gig or yeah. whatever I'm very much come to peace with that as long as I just keep working and keep doing what I want to do, I will be ready for whatever that next opportunity is. Totally. And I think that's a good frame of mind to be in. Like, especially I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how any kind of creative pursuit is a bit uncertain, especially like financially. Mm -hmm. But then you get thrown into 2020 and everything's fucking uncertain. Like jobs that were once stable are no longer stable. So having that ability to kind of like think on your feet and pivot is actually really helpful given the current climate you know so totally. it's like it actually is a great thing also i'm realizing i totally forgot to mention how we met we met in los angeles mm-hmm. so when we were both working there where were you working again at the time? at imagine entertainment imagine entertainment yes yeah so we met before you started build and everything and only like a few times although we have very strong mutual friends and yes. i've just weirdly become a fanboy of you since like i love your build <laughs> content I love the videos you make. I love how you literally broke down why Madonna is iconic and timeless on like a 10 part story. I was Thank you. That was one of the greatest masterpieces I've ever done. You know, she, we can talk maybe. That might be its own podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> it really is. But I, I felt like I needed to yeah. explain to the youth, by youth I mean people our age, yeah. like what her legacy is and try to break it down in a digestible way for them. And I felt like I accomplished that. I had a few people message me like, wow, I had no idea. I didn't either. Like, And maybe somehow we can like find this, revive it from the dead, and I can post it to my story when your episode comes out or something. Right. But you just have a great way of breaking shit down, especially in a way that's digestible for our generation. And I'm sure even your experience and your time on Build helped you with that because you kind of got to refine that voice of yours that is both political and serious, but very funny and like relevant and pop culture infused. But you did a great job of that with the Madonna post because obviously I know it's like, bitch, it's Madonna. Like we all know fucking Madonna, you know? (laughs) Exactly. She's fucking Madonna. But some people give her flack for, you know, like her still dressing certain ways, which is sexist. And that's, again, a whole nother conversation or just like selling out. But the way you broke it down, I was like, oh, shit, respect. Like, (laughs) yeah, good, good. I'm glad that was the goal, right? (laughs) But as a Madonna fan, that was my mission in life. And my life's now complete. Thank God. Wow. We should end the interview here. (laughs) It's been really great. Thank you so much. Now, I just want to pivot a little bit and get into you talking about your time on Build Brunch. So I mentioned it in the intro, but basically Build Brunch was this, how was it described? It was like the millennial well, The millennial version show. of The View. I, yes, I would yes. say we were like The View except young and funny as a way to throw a little bit of shade because I want to start a feud with uh, Joy Behar. Oh yeah, let's do it. We're putting that out there. We're manifesting that. That's, <laughs> we're manifesting that's it. That's our Even next I love her. Movie. I feel like she could just like destroy me on air and I want that to happen. <laughs> and you're like, I'm here for it. I'm ready. I'm here for it. I'm here oh, for it. Oh my God, I love that. But yeah, you were on it with like Ali Colbert. Yeah. Other people who I really should have read. Ali Colbert, Shannon Coffey. Oh my Coffey, God. Could I who, mispronounce one more person's name? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you but you pronounce it like Stephen Colbert pronounces his name. So I get it. So, so it's I would, kind of I would, a flex. Or, it's a flex, you know, it's yeah. A, it's a given flex for her. She's just as funny. Yeah, so Allie and then Shannon Coffey who's also this actress, writer, comedian. She's written for Jimmy Fallon. She used to host Top 20 Video Account on VH1. And then Brittany Jones Cooper, who is still a host at Build. So it was the four of us. And I only knew Allie through NYU. Like, we were friendly, not friends. After the show, we've now become very, very, very good friends. Yeah. But just to give you a little background before we get into the, like, Build Brunch, yeah. think of it. How did I was, you get recruited for this? I gotta know. It's a crazy story. So I was at Imagine, and I really wanted to leave LA. I felt like I was hitting a wall there for a variety of emotional reasons. And Literally, same with me. What I just went through, I'm like, I love LA, but I've hit a wall, and I'm in New York. Yorker through and through. Exactly. And I was really looking to like try to get like a writing assistant job in late night. Because again, I love politics. I was starting to write the original version of my newsletter. And my friend Max, who's still a producer at Build, texted me about the show he was developing called Bill Brunch. And he was like, would you want to be a producer on it? And I wrote back, mostly joking. Could I host it? And he goes, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, maybe you can. Send me a video of you talking and send me jokes or whatever. And essentially his boss, who's incredible, said, you know what? Because she picked two co-hosts and he got to pick two other ones. So he picked Allie, who was already an up-and-coming comedian and has yeah. now even gotten blowing more. Up, yeah. Blowing up, yeah. Blowing up. all over like Insta single, all over everything, it. yeah. Yeah, Insta single loves her. Um, <laughs> they really do. <laughs> so, so Max basically made the pitch for me and Suzanne said, you know what? We believe in you. If you believe in Lucas, we'll give him a shot. And basically Max said, look, the show, we're going to start in the summer, kind of like a trial run, because it doesn't really matter until September is when, when Verizon really wants to see our view count. And with you in particular, like you're really, if you're not working out, like we'll pull you. 
Wow. And I was like, that's a lot gonna, of pressure, a lot of pressure. And I, I said to myself and I was like, if I don't do this yeah. and I see them posting about it, I'm going to like throw myself down a flight of stairs. It's dramatic, but <laughs> I was going to be very upset. Dramatic, I was going to be very upset. Maybe true. <laughs> and we were talking like in LA when in entertainment business, mm-hmm. it's all this, this system, the steps you have to take mm-hmm. to get there. Everyone's yeah. very political and it's like, you didn't do this. You have to do this. You do that. I was so done. I was like, I need to get out yes. of this, this. I'm not, it's not made for me. And funny because as a kid, I always thought I was like, I follow the rules. I do this. I do that. I do that. But as I got older, I was like, this is not working anymore. So I took the leap. My parents Wait, were very, very, I just yeah. Make a response to that quickly because like, yeah, I could course. not feel you more on that level. Right. Not to totally interrupt you with my story, but to totally interrupt you with my story. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but part of the reason I started on the podcast was I was just like getting so sick of being at the hands of of other people as someone who loves control and loves being creative. And it was like sucking the joy out of it for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like being like, oh, I have to suck up to this person and I have to be liked by this person, have this many follows, this many likes, et cetera, in order to even be considered by this top exec. And it was just like, oh, this is so suffocating at a certain point. And like having this podcast has given me so much freedom to like be in charge of my own content and really care care less about what that world thinks, which honestly, I think I'm sure you found this as well, but in a weird, ironic way actually makes that world sometimes respond to you more Um, because they're like, oh, you don't care. That's refreshing. Everyone else is, you know, like sucking up to us. So anyways, please continue on your story. No, totally. Anyway, so I just for the first time in my life, yeah. I took a leap that, you know, I really was like, could have, could have ended pretty badly. You know, it cost a lot of money to move back to New York and, yeah. and I started it. And look, those first two shows on Bill Brunch, you can find them on YouTube. I think they've buried them a little bit, but, um, <laughs> you do for, that with for, my podcast episode, yeah. first like three. <laughs> right. But, um, it, you know, it ended up being the best decision I ever made and really set me up for the self-motivation that I've needed nearly the past year of being kind of self-employed. Totally. That um, moving back, leaving LA, doing Bill Brunch, and then we'll talk about all the cool things, interviewing people and everything. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I cannot wait to hear some of these stories. I know they're going to be good. Oh, I have so many. Anyway, it was a great decision that I made. And so I guess the only piece of advice I get from that is like, take the leap, especially yeah. when you're young. I fucking love that because it is really scary. And, you know, I talk about this a lot on the podcast. And obviously, this is a very privileged position to come from. But I think especially when you're very hardworking, you've gone to like an amazing college that your parents have poured this money into, or, you know, if you're in a different situation, scholarship, whatever, like, either way, you've worked really hard to get to that point. And I think there's a lot of pressure from that system and from that setup to be like, I have to make money, I have to be employed by someone else. I have to follow this more traditional route. But the second you kind of break from that, it can be really scary. And there's a lot of judgment, Mm -hmm. especially from like our parents' generation who's so used to this very straightforward setup of things. You know, it can be like, wait, what are you doing? What do you mean you don't have like a stable job? What do you mean you're leaving your stable job to move to New York for something that may not work out? But you never want to look back, especially in your 20s when you're younger, any age really, and have regrets because you didn't do something because you were scared that you think you could have excelled at. And I think your story Amen. speaks to that 100%, you know? That has been, for the past two and a half years, 
It's been me making decisions when I would think, am I going to regret not doing this when I'm 30? Yes. For me coming out to me taking Bill brunch, it was so much of me really thinking about what am I doing with my life? What am I like? What am I going to think in five years from now? So yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So when I met you in LA, you weren't out yet and you were actually I was in not. a heterosexual yeah, relationship. relationship. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I wonder... Is there somehow a connection between like the build experience you're going through and coming out? Like, I'm just. Oh my God. <laughs> Caitlin, you are so, you are so good at this. Yes, there is a major connection. And I credit it for it because Amazing. so when I, so when I moved back to New York, I'm still with my ex-girlfriend. Oh wow. When, so you're doing long distance. We were doing long distance wow, again. Okay. And, um, again, so I, I know again, my advice. I, 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 like, I love that I'm acting like I'm Oprah. You are Oprah right now. You're the Oprah of the podcast. So good, yes, good, good. Do. So I realized when I, and what Bill Brunch was forcing me to do subconsciously, then I realized it consciously was being my authentic self. You cannot be good at being a talk show host unless you are completely upfront with who you are as a person. Totally. Um, because all you are, you're commentating other people's lives. You yes, have to funny. own your own shit. You have to. Like housewives, own it all. Serena, <laughs> own it, own it, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. No, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Because, you know, first of all, like, it builds armor for you. Because once you know who you are, no, no one can really hurt you or touch you. But totally. You're in control of your narrative. Yeah. And you control of your narrative. And also just for me, it allowed me to access parts of my personality that I was pressing and my humor and everything. I just became so... I became myself, my full self. So absolutely, Bill Brunch, I credit it with so much with really forcing me to look at myself and pushing me out of that closet because it, it just wasn't, I wasn't able to be my, my authentic self. So absolutely, yeah. there was a huge connection. I love that. And I love that message because I think that's so true. And that's been something I've started to do on the podcast recently mm -hmm. in the episode I recorded yesterday with Kate Nichols, who's incredible. But I talked about some aspects of my past or my past relationships, mm -hmm. things that were a little more vulnerable to me. And I think it can be really scary before you do it similarly to things yep. like coming out. I mean, I'm sure coming out is like tenfold. But <laughs> it really does take this weight off and allow you to just be 100% authentically you, you know? Um, yep. So I love that, like, really, like, not to sound totally corny, but it all sounds like it really, like, lined up for you in the way it was supposed to. And the timing was what it was meant to be, you know? Yeah. Look, sometimes I think about if I came out earlier, what my life would have been like, yeah. and if I made certain decisions. But in the end, I'm just someone who believes that everything happens for a reason. Totally, and me too. I think things line up for a reason and every experience I've had, the good and the bad, has made me better, stronger, taught me things so that I wouldn't change anything because I'm yeah. very, very content with where I am right now. I love that. So with the coming out stuff, you were mentioning earlier when we were talking that when you were younger, you were like this queer boy, like not really wanting to be boxed into any stereotype or label anything, yeah. which a lot of my friends have kind of gone through that not wanting to be labeled or struggling mm -hmm. with even who they're attracted to because they don't want to fit into a stereotype or they try too hard to fit into a stereotype because they're scared if they don't, they won't have that protection. And there's yeah. just kind of this whole thing around that. So when you were younger, did you, do you think you knew that you were not straight or do you think it was kind of like just knowing you didn't want to be categorized in any certain way? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, 
I wish, <laughs> like, I could be like someone like Andy Cohen who says, oh, he, he knew he was gay since he was like two. Also, we need to get into some point how you know Andy Cohen because I oh, need we'll, to know. We'll talk but about we'll it. come back, yeah. So, no, I think, you know, as I started getting older, like through puberty and everything, I think I realized I didn't just like girls. And there was something that was like, but I was so, like, confused about it. And I so did not, I just, what you were saying with the, those other guys we know. It's yeah. so funny when you come out, you realize how actually similar your story is to other people. And, like, oh. if only. If only there was a way I could have met someone like me, it would have been like, oh, you know. know, Well, that's why it's great what you're doing, because now you can be that. It's all about representation. I think we're seeing. Oh, it's so important. Yeah. 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 So I think. I was making excuses for it in my head and I thought I liked girls enough and I wanted to be accepted by like my really bro-y friends and society and I just I you know and I had I didn't realize later I had gay role models in my life my uncle being the main one I just I just was so like <laughs> it was funny back to Madonna it's it's such a funny thing it all thing. comes back to Madonna it all comes back to her so I was this like teenager or whatever yeah. and what I loved about her was that she refused to let people define her you know that's Madonna's narrative no, she, no one makes her a victim no one defines her no one categorizes her she's Madonna She'll do whatever the fuck she wants. Right. Yeah. And that's such an actually queer, why people love Madonna, gay men love Mm, Madonna. Why she's a queer icon, yeah. So I recognize as, oh, I'm not going to be stereotyped or boxed and I'm just Lucas where I'm straight, but I like her and I, and and all this stuff. So it was like, I used that very queer, loving thing to love at Madonna as a way to justify like, oh, I'm not gay, which is such so interesting, kind of fucked up in a way. But it, no, it's it's psychologically very interesting. It is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, but I think so. Getting to your point, like like I said before, with, like career stuff. Sometimes I wish it was so black and white for me. It just has never been in my life. It's always been gray. I think just lean in, lean yeah. into all of it. That's what I say. That's what I've been doing recently. As I was telling you about my prior text, I'm just leaning in. I'm like, right. people might think I'm a little crazy. People might, think, you know, I'm leaning the fuck in. That's, That's why I don't do well on dating apps because like, I'm always like too, I just am too talkative. I don't, I hate them. I hate them I so hate much. Them too. Another conversation, but again, we can, yeah. we'll, we'll have a spinoff podcast where we talk about <laughs> but, everything we could have talked about on this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Episode, yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, I think that's so awesome. And congrats to you. Like, I'd imagine that the older you are, in some ways, it's probably easier to come out because you're more comfortable with Mm -hmm. yourself. But then on the other hand, it can be hard because it's like, I've been denying this all these years. Why now? Yeah, um, totally. So and people feel like you've takes, been lying to them. It takes bravery, I would imagine. So obviously, I don't want to get too much into your, you know, ex because of privacy reasons, your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm the same way, like even having mentioned ex-people offhandedly, like I'd never name them, you know, it's just not, right. it's not worth it for anyone involved. But I do find it very interesting that you were in this pretty long term. Yeah, um, four and a half years. Four and a half? Wow. Yeah. That's longer than I my know. longest relationship. You might be <laughs> so straighter long. than me, Lucas. This oh, might be. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You're like, take it back. I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> you see me in Fire Island, you'll doubt that. <laughs> You're like, uh, wait for my next video. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, sorry. But if you could talk about that, obviously nothing personal to her, but just your experience with that and the breakup and mm-hmm. what the timeline kind of was with you really owning yourself and coming out fully versus the relationship and its end yeah well i think you know 
relationships in your 20s are such big defining moments because you learn so much from them. Yes. And, you know, we met abroad. We were both in college. Ooh, where abroad? In Florence. Romantic. That's very romantic. So we went to a different school, but we met. And we, you know, we quickly fell in love with each other. And we became very serious very fast. And we were long distance for the first year and a half because I was still finishing school and she finished earlier. Then I eventually followed her out to LA. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a real great relationship. And I think in the beginning, we were so committed to each other and I was so sure. And I, and, and there was no really doubts anymore about my sexuality. You know, as I got older and yeah. started working more and, you know, relationships get hard. So you start living together and. Oh, you lived together. I didn't We did. That. Yeah. Wow. So all these, so all these things come up. Like, you know, you're living with the person and we had a lot of fun and, you know, we had some hard times too. But, you know, there's some things we went through that I went through in particular that, you know, she had to deal with and it was very hard on both of us. But we really came out of it stronger. And, you know, towards the end of summer of 2018, I was going to move back to New York for this job and we were going to stay together. And I think once I got back to New York, when I was really on my own again, Mm -hmm. I had to look, it was just being at the gym and having men look at me and like, and and, no, but like, like, I'm not, I'm not bragging. Like I was just this hot piece of ass walking around the gym. I was just like lifting my really heavy weights. Right. It's not easy. It's not easy being this good looking. Uh, No, no. It's really not. Wait, which gym was it? I have to know just for like my my own. It was Equinox. It was Equinox. Okay. Which is like such a gay cruising. Oh, 100%. West Hollywood Equinox, which I used to be part of. It's like. Same. I've been I visited there no it's crazy and look I'm, and just to be fair like if you're any sort of sexual object a, a man doesn't look at you in the equinox in a in New York City um <laughs> they'll do anything with you but no so but I was you know I had to really confront yeah what I was what this made me feel and I was very committed to staying with her but you know it was long distance was very hard as and it essentially, is I, I did two years long distance yeah so. it's hard yeah. it's really hard and you know it's limited time together so when the time is together it's very heightened a lot of ups and downs because it's like it's kind yeah. of like you're on the bachelor every time you're together because, 100% yeah because it's like that like oh my god we only have these four days together and it's so romantic it's so heightened and we have all these amazing things we're going to do because we never see each other and then it's like the drop off and then you like get to the airport and it's like and you're like right. that shit yeah or it's if one thing happens that usually wouldn't be a big deal a it is because deal. you only yeah. have yeah 72 hours together or, or whatever and I think eventually, you know, a lot of things came to her head, Bill Brunch being one of them and, 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 and a lot of things that, you know, as a young, beautiful, smart woman that she is, she was, you know, she. You're so sweet. She's, I wish she's my ex would go on air and say that. <laughs> I'm waiting. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, she's the best, but you know, she, she could tell there were things in the relationship that weren't working anymore. And I think eventually I had to make a choice and it was a kind of now or never. Yeah. At least that's the way I felt. And I told her and we broke up. And for the most part, you know, I don't know how she really, how she felt. I'm, I'm sure she was upset, but she was very supportive. And, you know, we, we're not yeah. close anymore. But yeah, it was very difficult for both of us. And I think for the first year of me being out, I think I got rid of the shame quickly. That was my big goal of 2020. Mm-hmm. End of 2019 was getting rid of shame. But I think I, I felt really bad 
guilty. for like the first guilty. Yeah. Even though I knew I wasn't like I was lying to her. It, I I tried to explain that to people. I wasn't lying. It was it was just it just I was so repressed. I was fighting it, and I didn't want to say it out loud because if I said it out loud, look, I don't see it as lying, because, yeah. but because I loved her, and I was just trying to make it work. And I think in the end, maybe if I was more honest with her, more honest with myself a while ago, things could have been different. But um, I think it's only up until really recently. I will say that I'm very happy being gay and I wouldn't feel guilt or shame. Feel guilt and it's, there's no guilt anymore. I think we had a really great relationship and we both learned a lot from it and we had a lot of amazing times together and she's incredible and she's gonna, I'll probably be working for her one day. (laughs) She's she's brilliant. So yeah. I love that. And I just want to say that first of all, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure it's still like, Having shared some personal things on this podcast, it's it's yeah. tough sharing this stuff, but I think it could be so helpful for other people, you know, whether or not they're in a similar position. It's right. super inspiring. I th- think it also like your story really promotes a few messages, including in my opinion, and if you disagree, let me know. But first of all, the idea that like, you can just fall in love with a person. And I think Mm -hmm. people get kind of wrapped up in like sexuality and labeling and whatever. But like, I think it's so genuine that you know, you were in love with her, you did have a long term relationship. So that doesn't negate it just because you came out after the fact. And also, I feel for you with like the line stuff, because because it's not lying, it's growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. you're coming in terms with yourself, you're coming in terms with how are these two seemingly opposite things happening at the same time, you know, like loving your girlfriend, but also coming to terms with your sexuality. But that's, that's not lying. That's just you coming to terms with yourself and figuring out your shit, which like everyone has their shit. You know, so it's like, I feel like that's what relationships are about. That's what your 20s are about. So like, good for you for doing the fucking work. And I hope you only continue to blame yourself less and embrace everything you are more because you're awesome. Truly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways, now that that I've given you validation for whatever. I love it. No, I needed that. (laughs) No, but I, I really mean it. But to kind of pivot a little bit, I would love to get back into build and Let's just talk any it. good stories you have because so we didn't. Oh re- my god, so many! I'm sure we didn't really mention this. So build, it's you know like millennial the view, really good. People go back and watch some of the episodes; they're hilarious. But you were on first of all every episode, which is insane. I never missed an episode. Yes, <laughs> I was afraid they would replace me and they'd like to replace it more. So I never missed an episode. Two hundred fifty episodes. I did. I was that the only one never missed an episode. Fucking incredible, first of all. I know. Also, so sad you thought they'd replace you. That would be so mean. <laughs> but, like, as someone who's, like, paranoid about shit like that, too, I would have done the same yeah. thing. But, yeah, it was such a great show. And full disclosure, most of the episodes I watched were, like, Housewives ones, just based Be- on best. my They interest. were the best. But yes. you got to interview some really cool people. And you got in yeah. some cool and funny and hilarious, like, situations, conversations. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so if you just want to talk about all of it, any of it. Well, the most panicky moment I ever had was interviewing Luann and Sonia from New York Housewives. (laughs) Yes, I read about this, but please. Yeah, so they were running late, and I was super excited, because, and I've I've met them both before, Uh and... I knew going in to the interview, I was going to bring up Bethany. I knew it may ruffle some feathers, but (laughs) 
<laughs> at this point, I didn't know Bethany was going to quit the show. So I just thought, I was, I just really wanted yeah. to get their take on Bethany and her return and what they think the show's been. Also, I just need to say, huge Bethany fan. Huge, huge Bethany fan. Always, Bethany always, fan. always. We stand. They, and Sonia and Luann looked great and we were talking about the show mm-hmm. and eventually I asked, so Bethany's return of the show, you know, we really revitalized the show and, and, get, and restored it to its original DNA. And this is also Real Housewives of New York, if anyone Real doesn't of New know. York. But you yeah. should know because this season is so funny. This season we can talk about we'll it, has been it. Yeah. Bonkers. bonkers. Anyway, so I asked about, I said, you know, Bethany's revitalized the show. How do you feel? And restore the original DNA and, and Luann goes, revitalize. Sonia goes, revitalize. Lucas, have you lost your mind? They got <gasps> so mad at me because they are very, you know, sensitive about Bethany being the star or totally. was the star of the show. And I literally thought about and running through live, the glass windows. Right? Live, this is fully live, live. Fully live. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, fuck, okay, okay, so I'm, I, I should just, I should just run through the glass windows and into traffic. Oh and then I started backpedaling, and Louis was like, oh, I look at him, dig himself out. And you know what? And then I kind of, I thought I explained myself well. And I said, what yeah. I was trying to say is that, like, you know, when Sonia comes on season three of New York Housewives, it's really when it hits its stride, you know, season three, oh, Scary Island. Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, when it was Bethany, Luann, Sonia, like, Ramona, like, it's like, that is the original crew. Yeah. So I, what I was saying is like, you have such a great cast and so much chemistry. Like, was it, how do you feel when she came back to the show and kind of brought that energy back? Yeah, restored the original DNA. Yeah. That was the original cast. But I love that you did it kind of knowing, like, because that season in particular, if I remember correctly, they were all, like, Bethany's too big for britches or, like, whatever. Like, think she's yes. hot shit. So you knew. You had a feeling. I knew it. But you weren't expecting the response to be, like, so intense, I'm sure. I I wasn't going to be so intense, but like it was, it was a good lesson because I knew what I was doing, but it is like <laughs> made good TV. Like I got, I got a couple articles written out of it. Oh, fuck yeah. And I, I won't say all the details, but Bethany and I have emailed occasionally and she did see it. Oh my God. All, all I'll did say is, all I'll it? say is she loved it. So, yes! so that's, all, that's all I'll say about that. So that made it worth it. But, um, 100%. you know, a housewife who was incredible was Erica Jane. Oh, I fucking love Erica. She's my spirit animal, actually. She's incredible. She's incredible. She comes on to promote her new shoe line. And first of all, she sent all my co-host I shoes. I saw this. I saw this. It was so nice. <laughs> she was going to send me shoes, too. I was like, I don't need high heels. I'm okay. I'm not uh, I'm not doing drag anytime soon. That's not on my radar. Right not on my radar right now. <laughs> but she, you know, she was very, she was very, you know, professional and serious mm-hmm. and kind and respectful. And in the producer meeting before, when I was like, you know what we should do? Because we were trying to think of new ways to do things, new fun things with our guests. That was kind of the, the next stage of Bill Brunch entering. Like, we should play games then. We should do fun things. And I said, we should do a fashion show. I should host it. And then Wait, that's Brittany so and- cool. I, did, I knew you hosted it because I watched the episode. But that's so cool you came up with it. Look yeah, at you. Look, we had, we had yeah. amazing producers who did most of the research and made me sound, gave me all the information. And they were in my ear telling me what to say sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if I still have the skill, though, reading a teleprompter while also listening in my ear. I, that was a skill I learned that's at Bill Brunch. multitasking. Wow. Sounds like, like, what is it when you like tap your head and rub your yes. belly? You know, it's like that kind of. I had to get better at teleprompter, but I, I, I got the skill in the end. But I will say with Erica, so we're doing the interview and it's a very good interview. It's about, you know, Beverly Hills Housewives, which is the season with Puppy Gate, Lisa Vanderpump's last season. Oh my God. Which was such a season. Ugh. Such you know, I mean. And didn't you also talk to Teddy, who like then admitted that she was like, yes, shady. Wait, yes. <laughs> 
so it's funny. I so oh, I'll get to Teddy in a second. Yeah, so yeah. I go, Erica. Since you're a fashion icon and you're here, we want to do special. We want to do a fashion show, and she lit up. I mean, like it oh was. It was actually one of the most satisfying experiences because seeing someone who you know she she does a thousand interviews a day. She yeah. lit up. We did this fashion show, and I do I do my little like little funny things about them. And she talked about the shoes, and she had such a good time. It was so much fun oh. seeing just someone who I love. Love the experience. Yeah. It, that that was an interview with a housewife that went very very well and it's actually it's a very fun watch it's on youtube look erica jane bill brunch watch it fashion show um it's great i second that also yeah i mean that makes sense to me too because not only is she such a like natural born performer but also like i could see her just being so gracious and lovely because she really you know she talks about i think this season like she came from nothing but she hustled the fuck up yeah hustled her way up and she doesn't apologize for any you know corners she cut or whatever because she has the raw talent and she deserves everything you know so yeah it's like, she's just a, she's just a professional through and through through um, and through I wish I'd gotten to see her on Broadway in Chicago I know me too I was going to but then Corona but then fucking Corona that's like the story of 2020 but then Corona it is yeah I mean Corona's honestly I don't want to yeah. make light of Corona at all and the horrible things that happen but the joke my friends and I often say is Corona is so homophobic I mean, <laughs> they robbed us. I didn't get to Erica Jane. They so robbed us of a. Rain on me was gonna be the song of pride, and we can't even dance to it because, like, I mean, I dance to it. Mean, you go to my Instagram, I made a music oh, video. Yeah, but that's actually about, like, really <laughs> impressive, by the way. Lucas is also a dancer. I should have added that to his bio. <laughs> Oh, uh, just for fun, just for fun. But uh yeah. Anyway, so then also I interviewed Teddy basically a day before the episode airs, so she kinda comes clean that she's part of these Vancouver's plans, alleged plan to yeah. uh take down Dorit through the adoption and return of Lucy Juicy Apple Juice the dog. <laughs> and <laughs> And I will say about Teddy, I know Teddy's getting, having a hard season. Oh, she was yeah. very sweet and she was very polite. And I don't think she's a bad person. I just, she's not a great housewife. That is yeah. exactly hit the nail on I the know. head. She's, yeah, she's a sweet person, but I don't think she's cut out for the housewife world. And yeah. I think she flails sometimes. And I think even though what she did with the Lucy, whatever, whatever the, the, the dog, yeah. the dog right. gate, what's it called? Puppy gate? Puppy gate. Puppy Oh my god. What she did with that was like for sure shady. For people who haven't watched, I mean, honestly, this might not be your episode if you haven't watched. Yeah, don't honestly skip it. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was so stupid. But basically, like Dorit adopted a dog from Vanderpump Dogs. Spoiler alerts also, sorry guys, but this was like a season ago. So adopted the dog from Vanderpump Dogs. Um, the dog allegedly bit her and PK, her husband. PK? PK. Darling, PK. By the way, she's from Connecticut. Oh yeah, she has a fake <laughs> accent. It's Dorit has a full Lindsay Lohan fake accent right, love situation it. going love on. It. It's beautiful. Um, she wants to, you know, heighten her status, be a little more highbrow but yeah so she she basically instead of returning the dog to Vanderpump Dogs she hands it off to a friend who she thinks it will be safe and okay with which is against Vanderpump Dogs policy they're like just return it back to us be up front whatever so she does that and the friend ended up giving it to a pound to a pound yeah which is obviously it's a bad situation right did she handle it 100% well no was it the biggest deal in the world and did there need to be a season of drama about it also no. no like i don't think she meant any harm by it and i get as a huge dog lover like right i get the idea that like if the dog's badly behaved which it's always a risk
risk when you're, you know, adopting. But, you know, if the dog's causing issues within the family, I get handy it off. She should have just given it back to Vanderpump, but whatever. Anyways, that's the background story. And then Teddy, like, threw her under the bus. <laughs> Teddy basically was roped in by Lisa Vanderpump to, like, spread the story. So, but Lisa Vanderpump trying to keep her hands clean and Teddy Which came clean saying, like... classic Classic LVP. Vanderpump. And LVP classic. ends up quitting the show. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so back to Bill Brunch. You know, it was a lot of few housewives, but also, like, what's so good about Bill Brunch was that we also had, like, I interviewed really incredible women, like, Iftahaj Muhammad, who was the first Muslim-American woman to wear a hijab in the Olympics. Oh, wow. What was she doing in the Olympics? Fencing. Yeah, that's badass. <laughs> I interviewed the first Indian-American Miss America. She was incredible. Oh. Did you do a pageant? We did do a pageant. Okay. I won it. I won Miss Bill Brunch. Um, oh. It was great. I think my answer was I would stop global warming and give cheesecake to everyone if I had one wish. <laughs> anyway, so Bill, yeah. Bill Brunch, it was a lot of cool people. You know, I'm going to be honest. Like, I've had a couple people go text me. Oh, my God. I can't believe you once interviewed so-and-so. And I was like, who? Because and uh, it's not an insult to them. Yeah, because it's so many episodes. So many episodes. And, and, and that Bill Brunch job, look, once I got the hang of it, it was the easiest, best job in the world. I know. I'm, like, jealous. I'm like, I want to be a talk show host now. It was the best. It was. It was the best, and 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 I, as I've gone on trying to find new jobs and what I want to do next, it was a very rare gig. Well, I'm sure it could help you with future like hosting. Totally with anything. Oh, it's yeah, with yeah. with anything. It's gonna. Be, I, I think it's gonna be a, a great help. But um, yeah. just there were so many 250 episodes. It was just so many great people and some not so great people. We had this. We had these one guys. They were like, yeah. Let's hear the tea. <laughs> okay, they were on like. The, okay, I don't know. Maybe if you have straight boys that listen to this, the, <laughs> there's some A and E shows something called like gold diggers did they did gold or whatever so they literally did gold but it's like a joke i don't know it's some sort of show i could try to find it but they looked like they were maga hat wearing Uh like i'm talking about haven't shaved in three years and (laughs) pre-corona haven't shaved in three years yeah pre-corona and they (laughs) were like not talking we'd ask you a question like yeah like we like it and like and then to my co-host shannon was like do you know you're on tv right now like it was something like that oh my god and then another guy oh my god david who's the youtuber david oh dobrik or whatever i only know this because he comes up on raya for me all the time oh my god no way who is this like 10 year old youtuber like what oh my god okay well he's super he's super famous he's so gen z i like don't get it he's so gen z and like my yeah my little cousin knows who he is so he was very nice but he took a nap like right before our show and someone had to like oh wake God, him up I thought and he you comes meant, out like, mid show for a second but still crazy still crazy but he looked but you know he acted like though like he just woke up from a nap oh and then God. on youtube his fans were like the coach they should have uh, woken him up sooner i'm like bitch we're supposed to wake him up but we're doing our show it was like you like, it's so, like, like wait that onus is on us what about his like yeah. assistant or something like why are we the oh my god it was crazy did he nap on like the couch where you film no he napped like in a green room or whatever okay that would have been wild yeah <laughs> so wild. No, look he he was really nice but yeah. it was, that was really funny we had i can't i won't say her name though okay. we had an we had we had an actress on she's not like that famous but she's been in she's been in things uh-huh. who I believe, because I, I watch House, so I want to be careful about this. We don't want to call people alcoholics. She's not. I'm not yeah, saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was under the influence of something. Oh, my. And it was the funniest interview. She was like a three-year-old girl. I don't even like, like, she was like, 
all over Allie, like, like not like flirting, but like touchy. Yeah. Just she was like, you know, like when you get drunk and you like touch with your friends, or whatever. It was crazy. She's like a, a drunk girl on Molly at Coachella. Yes, totally. <laughs> it was like that. That was so like Bill Brunch yeah. was a lot of funny moments and learning experiences. I will say I, this is not a great quality, but I've never gotten so good at faking interest in things. Like, wow, it's useful. It's useful. It's yeah, useful. this is not making me look good. I, I did my research. I did. My, it's okay. You're being honest. Look, I will say I made sure like i said before whatever we were talking about in the guests i really did as much research as i can because the most important thing is when they're on camera i want them to feel as comfortable as possible that yeah. i want them to be there and that that's a big trick because people can tell which is when the hosts aren't mm. feeling it, when the guests aren't feeling it so my thing with the show and i think which makes a difference of being a talk show host versus being a comedian or entertainer is that no matter what happens it's about the show the co-hosts were all on the same page and there were a couple mm. times the guests were like I barely watched their show, but I made it seem like... Yeah, you're like an expert. That's what you have to do. And I think it's important that you made them feel comfortable and welcomed because that's really like your top priority at the end of the day. Whenever you're interviewing someone, it's like, even when I think back to my earlier episodes, sometimes I'd get nervous or uncomfortable, which I'm way more comfortable now. And I'd feel bad for the person on because like it would even be like my best friend. But because I was uncomfortable, that translates so i think learning that skill and learning how to bullshit a little bit i mean that's fucking mm-hmm. life that's like that's yeah. college sometimes that's career yeah sometimes. oh you my know, god life. you just gotta you only have so much time and brain capacity and interest capacity um totally okay so we're gonna move on to quarter life qualms soon but before we do i just have to ask how do yeah. you know Andy Cohen? Because you were on Watch What Happens Live. I did. I was a bartender once. Yeah. So I, I know, I've known Andy my entire life. Okay. Because him and my uncle became best friends literally the year I was born. Okay. Who's um, your uncle? I'm sorry. You have my to. uncle is Bruce Bozzi. Oh my god, that makes so much sense because you guys look alike. Oh, th- oh, thank you. He's very good looking. That's a big compliment. <laughs> I basically said you're good looking. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so Bruce, Bruce, my uncle, and he's known Andy forever, and Andy has always been like a part of my family, and Aww. it's been such a joy. I remember, you know, when I was younger watching him, and when he was just an executive at Bravo, and I would always talk his ear off about Kathy Griffin, and then it was one of his shows though, but. <laughs> I love this is like you as a child. Incredible. It's very consistent. Very, very. But then when he, I mean, when I started watching Housewives, when I was like, you know, 12 or 13, I knew that was one of his shows is when I really started like asking him all these questions, getting the details and the the dirt, what's happening behind the scenes. And, you know, he's, he's great. He's the best. He's, he, uh, he's worked incredibly hard and he is a wonderful dad and he's awesome. And he's the best. I have to say, I mean, obviously you actually know him and everything I've heard is hearsay. I've been a huge fan since I started Housewives. I wasn't as on it as you were. I didn't <laughs> really get down the rabbit hole until like after college slash maybe the end of my senior year of college. But I was okay. so anti-reality TV, which is so funny given my obsession for it now. I've always loved Andy since I started on my Housewives deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, then also, like, I've always heard just such great things about him as a person, knowing some people in the industry. And then seeing him now with his son, I just feel the most satisfaction for him. Like, he's the cutest single dad in America. He, he is. literally loves his son so much. It's just so cute. They're I the can. cutest. Ben's the cutest baby. Have you met Ben? Yes, many times. He's the cutest. So jealous. He really is. Oh my God. Okay, well, could truly go on about that forever, but I will move into our quarter life qualms segment. 
So we've already touched on some of this, but I just think it's interesting given, you know, the theme of the podcast being mm-hmm. 20s, um, core life qualms, because I love alliteration, obviously, because I'm a fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my first question is, how does your current path in life, in your career, etc., love life, whatever you want to hit on, look similar to or different from the one that you'd perhaps planned for yourself in high school or college? Oh, my God. <laughs> Just hang you with I, the hard questions. Yeah, no, I, I think it's so different. You know, I always, in high school, I, I wanted to be a talk show host one day. Oh, I, I, I love I, that. I, I did do things in high school where, like, I did this video series where I would do sketches and hosting kind of stuff like that. But I didn't admit it. And in my head, I thought, once I went to NYU, I was like, oh, I want to work in TV and I want to be a network executive. I want to be like Jack Donaghy in 30 Rock. Like, I want that kind of power. <laughs> Great comparison for, like, yeah, the right? lay woman, like myself, person, you know? <laughs> I know, but I'm not going to say I want to be, like, a, you know, yeah, an actual person. Gonna, yeah, an actual yeah, person. Because you're not, Lucas. Not name, yeah, yeah. Uh, not going to name drop anyone. But then I think as I, you know, started working and interning, I just got closer and closer to the creative. But I, you know, look, I never thought, because we were talking about the way, you know, we grew up similarly. And mm-hmm. I always thought I'd have a job. I haven't had an official job in almost a year. You know, totally. I've been doing writing, doing my own thing and trying to make money here and there. But like doing creative things, working in my own way. But it's, in the traditional it sense, totally. it looks it, it looks so different than what I imagined as a kid yeah. or what I imagined three years ago, what my life is going to be like. But again, no regrets because I'm, I'm very confident that that next opportunity will come, whatever it's going to be. I totally feel you on that front. And I actually, ironically, quit my like part-time survival job right before Corona. Still got unemployment, thank God, because there was some like weird clause that was like, I quit due to Corona. And I was like, that kind of applies because like, maybe I wouldn't have quit. I mean, at this point, I've moved back to New York. But at the time, I didn't know I was going to, you know, like, look, take the money, take the government. Money. Take the government money. Especially to be creative. Because I'm working. I'm fucking working, you know? Oh, you definitely are with this podcast. Yeah, look. And on a, a little heavier note, I just want to say it. Yeah. Because there are people who really, really need that totally. money. More and, than us, and, to be fair. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But And I hope Congress does its job and they reinstate that $600 a week. Because that was like Me saving too. people's lives. It really I mean, was. I mean, I luckily saved up a lot of money because of Bill Brunch, which has kind of been floating me for a long time. But yeah. I will say that getting that extra help has helped me big time and helped millions of people more who really need it. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anyway. No, it's so true. And it's, you know, it. I mean, I am not sure I can speak quite as eloquently as you on politics, but I do 100% agree. And I do think given the government has so much money and that we are paying these taxes that are supposed to protect us in these ways, that especially now with Corona, it's like, yeah. And, and also the pandemic is being, to get actually political about it, is being extended this long in our country because it was not handled properly by our Absolutely. so-called president. But yeah, back to what we were originally saying, although I could, again, another podcast episode, another podcast. literally the theme of this podcast is <laughs> literally on our next episode, on our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so with it not looking like what you thought it was going to look like, I relate to that so much because so I quit right before Corona on that unemployment grind, loving it. But even mm-hmm. with the creative work, like with the podcast, some of it is pretty, you know, straightforward looks like work to the 
you know, the outsider where, you know, it's audio editing, it's tedious, it's on the computer, it's whatever. But doing stuff like this, it's fun, you know, it's creative, it's whatever. So it might not look like work, but that doesn't mean there's not preparation that goes into it. Or like, For example, because of the world we live in, I've been trying to build up my social media. I've been tweeting. I've been like thinking about who I need to DM about the podcast or about this. So it's like I'll spend like even more hours a day on Instagram now, but it's it's more work focused and less like, oh, let me just like check through or like looking for content inspiration. You know, it's it's different. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've said that the amount of information I consume takes a long time. Like I wake up every day and I read six newsletters. I listen to four daily podcasts. You know, I that is so impressive. So like honestly. I'm always, but it's always because I, I want to be as informed as possible. So like that's yeah. a lot. You know, that's not saying it's work, but it's it's a lot of time. Totally, and that makes sense as to why you're so well informed. Because sometimes I'll see your stuff and I'll just like full like straight up. I'll like DM you. I'm like Lucas, I'm stealing this <laughs> and just repost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like, love that you're doing that hard work. You know, and that's something that's been great about Instagram recently too. I feel like this was really yes. like ignited with the Black Lives Matter stuff. But like, it really has become a place for information, kind of like in the vein of Twitter and stuff where people are posting relevant articles, you know, posts that are very informative and helpful. And like, I feel like I've always, you know, been very liberal and I've always been interested to an extent in politics. But I think my interest is definitely heightened in the past few months, just given the massive information on Instagram, which I was already so active on, you know, so I think that's been great. Yeah, it's Instagram has definitely forced a lot of people to confront what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been great in that way. A hundred percent. So my next question is, what has been one of the greatest lessons that you have learned from being in your 20s so far? Oh my God. People always struggle with these ones. Don't worry. No, I think it encompasses Mm -hmm. everything. And I think it's follow the honesty. And what I mean by that, it's that being honest with yourself in your personal life and your career, it's maybe so painful initially. Like, I mean, ripping off a bandaid and putting bleach on the cut. I mean, like, it's painful. But not drinking it. (laughs) But not drinking it because I'm not an idiot like Trump. (laughs) Um, I had to throw that in there for you. No, of course. But anyway, so you follow the honesty and it's just, it's maybe painful at first, but it always will end up better because what happens when life feels so dark and overwhelming, it's when there's just so much darkness and confusion within yourself and, and your life and your job because you're not being who you want to be or it's like, I'm, I'm kind of rambling now, but if no, you're, you're, not. Not, just, you're not. It's letting yourself let go of the pretense of what think people want you to be or what you think you should be doing. It's like, who am I? What do I want to do with my life? What do I do right now? Who do I want to be with? Where do I want to be? Just that honesty, that just being that upfront with yourself and following it and going where it leads you will always end up in a better spot. And that's, I think, been the biggest lesson in my 20s so far. I think that's actually incredibly beautiful. I don't think you were rambling at all. It's so true. And I really relate to like the idea of letting go what you think other people want you to do. Mm -hmm. Like I've definitely gotten some judgment from people being like, oh, you're not working now. It's like, bitch, no, I'm working on the fucking podcast. I'm still auditioning. Took a huge cross country move. But, you know, letting go of that resentment or letting that 
kind of control you and your direction and just being like, no, I'm being honestly me and I'm being upfront with what I want to do, what I think will lead me in the right direction has so far been so liberating. So yes, I think that's yeah. incredible advice. I'm like hesitant to ask you this one because you kind of just confronted it slash I feel like, <laughs> but whatever. Have you ever had a quarter life crisis or a crisis in general? And if so, how did it go down? Yeah, well, yeah. because I already talked about my relationship stuff. Totally. That was kind of similar. But um, I will say the beginning of quarantine, I was really anxious and stressed out about what I should be doing. Mm. And I started making sketch videos. And I was just trying to figure out what should I be making right now? Yeah, because we're such doers. It's It feels, right. I kind of did the same thing with the podcast. It feels too crazy to just be sitting around waiting for stuff to start up again. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I admit, I was kind of searching a little bit of fame. Like, oh, could this be a moment when something could catch on but this anxiety I was feeling wasn't healthy or right and I pretty much had to sit myself down and be like Lucas like, like what we just talked about like yeah like is this you like do you, are you because and I was like no I'm basically was imitating people we know who are, totally. who are amazing, amazing on social media are doing well blowing up yeah, yeah. yeah. that's not who I am so it's, it's like let me do things who I am which I got my newsletter again I do my stories it's like it's politics it's pop culture it's new it's what I'm just me and now again being self-employed and trying to find that next gig but it's kind of it was a way of like recentering myself so within the past six months that has been kind of my quarter life crisis really kind of refocusing myself and like who i am because 26 to me this past year has uh-huh. just been a really interesting weird year <laughs> in terms of like <laughs> for everyone bill brunch, yeah. yeah yeah bill brunch ended yeah. and corona and everything and stuff in my other parts of my life that uh-huh. it's just been a lot of these challenges here and there so i will say yeah, it was it was in the beginning of quarantine kind of really focusing like what content do i want to make and fame is not the goal. That was the time I realized, like, I don't want to be famous. I want to be successful. And I want to do good in the world with whatever, whatever talents I have. Totally. You want to be successful as you and not as you imitating someone else. Yeah. Totally. I like 100% relate to that, especially with like, I think in the beginning of the quarantine for creators, there was a lot of like, oh, we have to do mm-hmm. things differently. We have to think on our feet and create in a different way. But I kind of fell victim to the same thing for a minute when like, I kind of knew my bones. I was like, TikTok is like fun to look at for me, but it's not me. Like, I'm not a TikToker. At everyone like, can... I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not. I I will tell you something. I've never been so... No social media has ever had such a mental effect to me as TikTok. Wow. And so people say you should do TikTok. Yeah, everyone's like, you have to do it. That's how people are blowing up. And it's like, you know, it just doesn't feel natural to me. Does it feel kudos to people who are? Yeah, I know very funny 100%. people are. And I know also I love seeing people who are just regular people blowing up. It's it's me incredible. Too. Me too. But I don't whenever I go on there, all it is is shirtless gay men flexing and doing some Taylor Swift dance. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's that <laughs> whole you love love story thing where they just hump the air. Oh my god, I haven't seen these but I'll, I'll look out for them now but like it just wasn't me and yeah. i maybe if i figure out you know i've seen friends who figured out do really cool things on there and i'm so happy for them it's totally. just i realized early on this quarantine it's not for me at least not right now and it's not healthy for me right now I so agree. not saying in yep. the future maybe i will find whatever that way is i could figure it out i'm just saying i'm gonna stick to instagram and twitter right now yeah. and just like do my thing on there i felt exactly the same way i'm like maybe someday like inspiration will hit i'll be like this will be good but like for now, it's just like, if it doesn't feel natural to you, like you were saying, be honest with yourself. Don't do it if yeah. it feels forced. So 
Totally. Yeah, fuck that for shit. But TikTok can be very entertaining. And I hope yeah. Trump is not able to uh, successfully ban it, which would be a good Yeah, I, don't, I think they're going to I think they're yeah. going to sell it. I think Microsoft would buy yeah, it. Yeah, I read that. I did but doesn't he that. have more important things to worry about right now? Apparently not because he's fucking Trump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, apparently he's just worried about lying and getting reelected, which God forbid. Um, God forbid. Yeah. Okay, so my last question for quarter life columns, and I like asking every guest this because I think it's really like either enlightening or funny depending on how you interpret it. But when you're going through a difficult period or some kind of transition, stress, anxiety, etc. What are some of the ways you tend to deal with it? I mean, working out is a big one. And I hate, I got it. You're like, like, oh I hate my that God. What are you going to be drinking a kale smoothie too? <laughs> yeah, no, but working out, like it is like yes. working out almost every day is just a necessary stress reliever. Yeah, I would think, yeah, t- I mean, look, television's my first love. That always gets me through things and especially housewives. And- <laughs> housewives. Cannot recommend housewives enough we, if you I need really to can. de-stress. Although the only problem with housewives, and this is me making myself look bad, but is that quarantine, it's not that I'm drinking more during quarantine as much as I'm drinking more regularly. So it used to be like, oh, I wouldn't drink Monday through like Thursday or whatever. But now it's more like I'm just having a glass or two or three every night. (laughs) And I've been pretty good at like limiting it. But then last night I was gonna just like not drink at all. But you can't watch Housewives without a glass of wine. wine. Like what is Housewives without a glass of wine, especially given how much they're drinking it just feels like a fish out of water it feels too bizarre too. <laughs> it is like it's like it's like almost like putting on the 3d glasses when you go to a 3d movie yeah like oh i need to else. be able to see it correctly <laughs> right exactly i need to think exactly. through the lens that they're thinking in. totally hey that's helped me through a lot of ways of really understanding dorinda um oh my god me too also i have to I say i feel for, she's having a bad season i feel for her though yeah i i think she's a good person i don't think she always handles Yes. things well but i think her heart is in the right place i also fucking love leah so i just want to give leah a shout Leah's out great. i literally asked her if she would be on this podcast because i'm like shoot your shot but of course she either hasn't seen her or doesn't care i'm like hey one day on. no, leah's great leah's a great addition she's, she's amazing i think she's definitely back next season I, i'm confident she better be um but she's also like i think housewives has had just to say one last thing about housewives of course it mm-hmm. all comes back to housewives and madonna yeah. and all of it but like I think these seasons, I'm mostly into because I just, I'm sure there are other great cities, but I just can't dedicate that much time. Like I already am it's a lot so of time. deep into, you know, so I, I've only watched a few. I've only watched really New York, Beverly Hills, New Jersey. I randomly watched like Auckland, but that was a whole other thing. Okay. Very weird. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. But really funny. But anyways, so I think they only had like one season. But with Roni and Real Housewives Beverly Hills this season, I I think it's been so interesting because there really has been, first of all, a breakdown of the fourth wall in both of them where what's her face? Um, Denise 
in the, oh, Denise, Real Housewives Bravo, of Beverly Bravo, Hills. Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. And then in New York City, there's Ramona. Ramona. Yeah, with her party. And she's like, shut down the camera. Shut it down. Like, whatever. Yeah. And I found that so interesting. And I think they realized it would make for good TV for people to well, kind because, of mention because it. Because they resist breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. a lot. But you know why it's so interesting? Because it's, it's contrary to what people think. And yes, the shows are highly produced. But it was very authentic and real. Like, these are the women yeah. who are going to the reality show who don't want something being aired and they're trying to shut it down which is epic tv yeah because i think you know it's like when you're watching real houses you know it's a show so yeah. it's like it's not that big of a deal like oh we're seeing the cameras or whatever like, it actually makes it more authentic of, I think. Of, of the of the drama yeah but when you do get the time though i will say my favorite is atlanta housewives okay and potomac is doing very well i they know are, i've heard so there's so much potomac buzz is potomac. potomac is what what do, potomac what's the right term is like the, the definitely the underdog it's like the one that like but not it's, everyone getting, it's coming up though you know why it's because there's not one main star. They're all kind of cool. I, mean, I do love Giselle. And also, like, for the most part, they're very real. It's kind of like retro housewives the way, like, OC was in the beginning or or New Jersey back in the day or whatever. Just, New like, they're Jersey very... used to be so crazy. The table oh God, flipping. I, I remember watching that for the first time. See, that's really the reason that I'm like, I almost feel like I can't start new cities is because every new city I've started, right? And again, this right. has only been like, oh God, now it's been like four years since college. Every time I re-realize that, I'm shook. Crazy. Shook. Horrible. Yeah. Totally shook. World. Anyways, I've only had like four years or so of it, but every time I've started a new city, I've binged through it. And then as soon as I'm done with the, you know, most recent season, whatever, I go back to season one. So imagine how long that took for New York, New Jersey, like right. all these. I'm oh, like, forever. oh my God, I'm, but it's so interesting. And it, it's actually the most fun to be fair and play devil's advocate to myself when you can binge them because sometimes waiting a week is like pulling teeth, especially when they went on that two week hiatus. That was rude. That was a rough time. That was a rough time. But I understand they're going to run out of content soon. Yeah, they really are. I know that's scary for all of us creators or anyone in the entertainment world right now, for sure. Okay, so now we're going to wrap it up with a quick game. My friend, do you know Russell Kahn? Yes. Okay, one of my best friends in the world. So Russell and I invented this for his episode, and I just keep bringing it back because I think it's hilarious. So instead of Vogue's 73 questions, Mm -hmm. we do like rapid fire, same kind format, but it's called 7T questions, so T-E-A. So, you know, we're just asking some fun questions, rapid fire, whatever first comes to mind. Oh my god! I'm so bad at this. Okay, let's go. No, you've got this. Also, it doesn't have to be so fast. Like you can still answer. Don't worry. I get nervous (laughs) about timing stuff too. I had extra time in high school and college SOS. Anyways, I'm still really smart. I would like to say. Okay, first question, Lucas. What the fuck is the T? Who the fuck is Biden gonna pick for his running mate? That keeps me up at night. Wait, did you see Aubrey Plaza posted like a picture of her with no. him? And, yeah, and she, oh was, my God. Like, she was like 2020, like I'm the running mate. It was so funny. Honestly, just Nate, it's going to happen next week. I, oh, by the time this podcast airs, maybe before or after. Hopefully. I, I have a favorite, but I just really want it to happen because I need to get this. It's like too much anxiety. I need to get I this, know. but I need to know. Also, they keep posting those ads. I'm sure you're getting them too, where it's like, donate more yes. to be first so, to like, know who Biden's running. 
tomatoes. It's like, shut up. Just tell us. Just tell us. Yeah. Okay. That's the team. My opinion. I love that tea. Okay. So you and Ella, who you did your web series with, apparently like playing a game that you've invented called Cuomo Would You Rather um, (laughs) using the two Cuomo brothers. So I fucking thought that was hilarious. Which Cuomo brother would you rather duet in drunk karaoke with and why? Oh, my God. I know. It's a big one. Okay. Okay. You got this. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think... I'm going to do Andrew Cuomo, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Okay. That, I, that's actually not what I expected. So I like this. Well, answer. because Chris likes the attention too much. He does. And honestly, and it, honestly, I want the attention. <laughs> and I think Andrew. This is such a diplomatic answer, I have to say. Yeah. And I'm more interested in seeing the governor of New York sing like a virgin with me or, <laughs> an, I mean, or don't go breaking my heart than oh a CNN God. anchor, in my opinion. Wow, that was like the best way you could have answered it. I'm thrilled. Okay, amazing. If you could pick just one of your heroes to meet at this current stage of life, which one would it be and why? Oh my God. <laughs> You've already met Hillary Clinton. I know that. Yeah, I've already met Hillary. Who would really help me right now? Who have I not met? I mean... You're like, I've met them all. <laughs> have you met Madonna? I don't know if... I've not met... I Look, I've not met her yet. So mm-hmm. I, I would say Madonna because it's always been like... It would really be the capstone of like my childhood and like the love I have for her. I also do really love Tina Fey. I know Tina Fey mm-hmm. is not everyone's favorite right now. But she's someone who has such a strong work ethic and she is a creative. That'd be really great to her book pick her brain. Her book was great too. Her book was yeah. great. Yeah, Boss Ranch is great. Look, over the two, I'd pick Madonna, of course, because she's my queen. And I would probably <laughs> ask her about like... Really work ethic and how do you keep going? Yeah. When sometimes life feels just it's overwhelming. Or, or it's throwing you know. shit at you that you don't expect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or nothing sticking. So I would say Madonna. Yeah. Madonna. Okay. Perfect. Good. Love it. Which housewife was the least like you expected in real life when you met them and how so? <gasps> Such a good question. Oh Thank you. my god. Thank you. Because I will say housewives are usually exactly what you think they are. So I will, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm going to, I will say Luann, Countess Luann, uh-huh. when I first met her years ago. So before Bill Brunch. So like circa what year? Circa 2011. Okay. 2011, 2010. Yeah. So I was in high school. She was incredibly nice mm. and gracious. And I thought because maybe Luann, the old Countess, she was still kind yeah, of on the Countess Yeah, you thought like Diva kind of, yeah. Maybe. She was and she was very yeah. sweet and yeah. very nice. I will say they're all nice. Ne- meeting Nini yeah. for the first time was the most like... She was incredible. Like, and I know exactly who she I is, wanted I her to be. Say. Yes. yes. Uh, good. Yeah. yeah thank and then, of course, but yeah, most, cause, and Bethany was exactly what I thought she'd be. So I guess Luann surprised me the most because she was very nice and, and yeah. nice to me. So was, I've yeah. always heard that she's great in person. She can be, she has her diva moments, but of course. she's actually doing really well this season. So this, this is one, this is maybe, I think, her best season. I she agree. looks fantastic. She's coming off great. Yeah. The cabaret stuff under control. Minus shitting on Leah's apartment, which was like, shut Minus up. Minus that. <laughs> she has moments of like, and the lower level thing with Ramona, like not being in the basement or whatever, but I kind of side oh, with her yeah. on actually on that point. Well, I also think Ramona sorry just saying it Ramona's my least favorite housewife I know that's contentious and I know I know people who know her and her daughter and this is nothing against her daughter I've never met her I'm sure she's lovely and you never know in person but I just think especially I actually talked about on the episode yesterday to my mom's dismay but my mom is bipolar she's handled it beautifully well um yeah 
truly is like in a great place right now. But when Ramona threw Leah under the bus for her bipolar and outed her, so to speak, for that, I was yes. like, you are, you just don't have a soul. That's Look, it so was, fucked it was, up. It was pretty, dis- it was pretty disgusting for her to do that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean she's a horrible person, but it means this season, I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it was bad. And I do think yeah. it's, even though Dorinda, when she kind of really goes back to Luann for, you know, getting arrested and stuff, it's very different than what Ramona did to Leah. I do think a big difference between Dorinda and Ramona is that though Dorinda can get pretty intense. Dark, yeah, or intense, a below belt. She's not, it's not, she, I think Dorinda is still more in touch with reality. I agree. Than Ramona is. I agree. And I think, Ramona's kind of revealing some of like the antiquated stuff of the housewives that Leah's kind of like the direct opposite to. Where yeah, it's, like, no, Leah's a new generation. Like, when she yeah, said servant. I was like, <gasps> yeah, no, look, look, look. Let's be honest. Yeah. I, look, and I and nothing against Ramona. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. She's a Trump voting Republican. I don't know if she's voting for him this Upper time. East side, New York, Upper East yeah. side. She has once said all lives matter. She's since deleted yeah, that post, whatever. I saw that. And, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying this is, if you agree with her, what I'm just saying is it's very different than Leah, who is like full on liberal, mm. young. It's like, it's, it's like they're, they are literally different generations. Yeah. So you're really quite seeing on the show them clash, which is actually kind of an interesting. Oh, it's um, fascinating. And yeah, I totally agree. Like, I never want to like totally trash anyone on this currently. No, you have personal, you have a personal connection to it. You know, and yeah. I, I look, we all know people who suffer from mental illness and, mm-hmm. and, and again, what, what Ramona did, it speaks to her character, but also maybe speaks to her age because perhaps Perhaps, you know, women her age, it's not as... Yeah, I think she's not not reading well in the context of 2020. But hopefully, you never know with Housewives. You can hate them one season, love them the next. It all depends on the She's been on since the beginning. Look, and we have to give her credit. She's helped build that franchise. She has. She has. So you never know. Hopefully... I've been saying this throughout in terms of like Black Lives Matter, you know anything in 2020 no one's perfect everyone has room to grow and learn and hopefully this season teaches her something about herself totally because that would be just the best case scenario for the world in general and her yeah okay sorry that ended up being kind of a less rapid fire but it was great what's one conspiracy theory that you secretly kind of believe (gasps) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I used to love the one that Katy Perry's Jonbenet Ramsey, whatever that young girl, whatever. Wait, what? It's not. That it's is not real. Not a conspiracy theory. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. It's horrible. That's. I mean, I don't. That's not what I actually believe. I used to love the idea people like would think that or would try to prove that. Yeah. What's a conspiracy theory that? I have two in particular, but I'm gonna let you do it. I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, yeah, so yeah, I will yeah. say I made them in the best question. So you say yours, maybe it'll remind me of one. Okay, I have two. Okay, say. Well, I'm gonna focus on one because of time and stuff. One conspiracy theory I fucking love is that Avril Lavigne died and like a oh, body double that. took over. Because if you watch her old performances versus yeah. her newer ones, the voice is totally different and she's just such a worse singer now and obviously like age drugs drinking like there's all these things as someone who sings that can interact with that but i just part of me is like it must be someone different it's definitely not but i kind of love that conspiracy theory i think it's hilarious yeah it's a good one well i mean i mean the free britney movement i don't know if it's been a conspiracy anymore what's happening it verges on conspiracy i mean look we have no real fact of she's actually trapped in her home but there's (laughs) 
Those Instagrams are pretty. I mean, pretty what do you say? Hi, I just wanted to answer some questions that you sent. My favorite color is yellow. When Benny drama imitates her. Oh, talk about someone who I'm. I do not know well, but I got to interview him on yeah. Bill Brunch, and he is he is such he's a lovely. light and he's so just a superstar. I can't wait to see what he what he continues to do. He's 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 amazing. He's incredible. I met him briefly after Mary Beth Barone's comedy <gasps> show. That Another one in. I love. I know. I'm Another, obsessed with I them love both. Mary Beth. Mary Beth is amazing. Yes. But yeah. I met him briefly after one of her drag his ass great show that she does. Everyone followed the Instagram to one of their performances. He he came on as like a guest star and sang this hilarious thing. He was incredible. He's such a great yeah. performer. But I met him briefly after and we have some mutual friends. So I went up to him and he was so lovely. Um, lovely. Can't say lovely, lovely, good lovely. things. Anyways, yes. I think the Britney one is is solid yes. veering into conspiracy theory. So we'll use that. Okay. okay. And my last of the 70 questions is, it sounds like 70, which makes me laugh yeah. every time. I'm such a nerd. Okay. My last one is, if you met a genie and were granted only one wish, what would it be? <laughs> one wish. Okay. Honestly, this is going to be, I, I really would go back. If I could just be as direct, I would say I wish Hillary Clinton won the presidential election four years ago. If I can go back in time, I would just I would say never to use a private email server. <laughs> that is the perfect answer, and I feel like it encapsulates who you are, and that's it really so like funny. that would be my wish. Even though again, things happen for a reason, and I really mm-hmm. hope Joe Biden's gonna win, and I hope Me whoever his vice president is, you know. AOC and all these Ayanna Presley and all these great people, Incredible, Kamala, that have yeah. been elected in, in the in the wake of this are wonderful. But 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 you can't just deny like all that's happened the past four years. And if, has if been Trump, yeah. Tr- try to wave it away. Most of, most of it, not all of our problems, not all. Most. That's what I would do. Oh my god, <laughs> I think that's a great answer. I love that answer, okay. and I think it's very on brand. Also, I want like a million kajillion dollars to be really <laughs> hot. <laughs> You're like, also, my career needs to blow up. I want a million Instagram followers. (laughs) (laughs) Today. Now. Okay. Oh, my God. Lucas, this has been so fucking fun. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm sad it's over. This is so much fun. I know. That's the thing. That's why I have to watch the clock sometimes. Sorry to give you guys a behind the scenes. But just because I'm like, I could go for like three hours and be fine. Like, it's just fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's so much fun talking. And like, this is why podcasts are so amazing because you are just listening in yeah you're just listening in on people having a conversation yeah one of my uh favorite podcasters jared freed he always says just put your brain on the shelf and like let us talk just listen to us talk for an hour while you do your work or you drive or you're running or whatever anyways thank you so much for coming on so much fun could you just plug all your stuff so people know where to follow you where to find you Right. So yeah, I would definitely go and watch Best Friends with the Worst Advice. It's on YouTube. Which is such a funny name. We just thought one day, like, what's something that like everyone does? Like, like we just give each other the worst advice. Like, oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> and we wrote a pilot based off it too. So we never see what's going to yes. happen with that project. But, um, and yeah, you can, you know, find my YouTube page there, you know, at basically on social media, Twitter, everything. And so it's at L-U-K-A-S-T-H-I-M-M. Follow me and find my newsletter too, at the Lucas. It's every, just go to my Instagram, at Lucas Tim, and you'll, you'll find me. Oh my God, and, I totally uh, mispronounced your name. I didn't even notice Why it, did you? Why did you tell me? I'm going to re that. It. Or every, maybe I won't. I'll just leave this in and let it be yeah, funny. Every, so my, the H is silent in my name. It's oh some, my God. I'm, I'm, though I am half Italian, oh. I am, a, I am a part Austrian and, and I'm proud of that, but my dad's Austrian last name is like, 
has this H in there. Uh-huh. And so my whole life it's Lucas Thin, but like I'm like I don't I don't correct people anymore. I'm just like whatever. You're just so used to it. Well, I want to go by just Lucas one day. Yeah. Just drop the last name. So Incredible. But anyway, yeah, follow follow me on Instagram and and watch the web series. Let me know what you think. I love hearing back from people with the web series, especially like what episodes stood out the most because yes. it's sometimes so different. And what Elle and I have our favorite or sweat, like what my brothers think is their favorite. So yeah, follow me, talk to me. I'm I'm always around. Yes. <laughs> and I can second that about him. And I also second Please, any feedback, people, episodes you love, like nothing makes my day. Like when people just reach out and they're like, oh my God, I just listened to this one, you know, struck me in this way because everyone loves different things about different episodes for, you know, any kind of content. Totally. I second that. Also follow me at CKNY1213 and at WTF sup pod we're kind of blowing up there so i'm getting excited uh which you are which for me means like means like over a thousand like it does not mean like i'm like swipe up but i'm ready for the swipe up you're ready to swipe up and i will say though the fact that in this really crowded landscape on instagram and podcast Mm -hmm. you and now have like a few thousand followers that's good that's a good real followers actively like i want to follow that um page so like good for you i saw that today i was like damn okay we've got a few thousand people listening to this i know i literally Literally, finally was like I'm going to just like because I'm I'm so bad at asking people for favors but I was like fuck it I'm just gonna go to all my friends like follow it do it please like this is my job now (laughs) and then it kind of picked up from some tweets and stuff so you know fingers crossed it keeps on going up um but yeah rate review subscribe tell a friend watch lucas's amazing web series and his videos which are hilarious and read the lucas okay thank you so much lucas bye everyone bye